You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. Today, I'm coming at you from my childhood bedroom because I thought, you know, as we're talking about how to plan and organize and create a better life for yourself in 2022, what better way to do that from and to plan the future than by first acknowledging the past. So I thought this would be kind of a a really cool way for me to share a little bit of what I'm working on and what I'm looking forward to. I've been doing a lot of planning for 2022, and I do have a process that I go through pretty much every year. And it's not that I think that New Year's is necessarily some magical time where, you know, all of your resolutions will suddenly come true. But, you know, it is kind of a universal practice, this whole four quarters and ending of a year and beginning of a new year. So it makes it really easy for you to go back and really review how things have been on an annual basis. Of course, you know, like financially, uh, relationship-wise, just what happened in general, what events were you a part of? And so I think that it's a really great way to close out a period of time in your life. And I find that I'm always really inspired to do that at the new year, like most of you guys probably are too. It's so crazy. Every time I come back to my hometown and, uh, you know, I left the state, I live in a very different place now, and it's been years since I've lived here. So every time I come back, even just reading through old things that I've written or looking at old photos, I'm reminded of how different I am now and how much my life has transformed and transitioned over the years. And so it's really incredible when you think about how much difference a year makes. And, you know, as we all know, one year turns into five, turns into 10, and then all of a sudden, you're a very different person. And so I truly believe that it's important to make yourself an intentional part of that process and determining who you're becoming, you know, what you're investing your time in, what you're investing your mental energy in, um, how you're closing out old chapters of your life and progressing and moving forward or not moving forward. A lot of people go the opposite direction as they grow and they don't make that space for acknowledging things and moving on. It's just really important that you do take some time to close out old chapters, to plan for new chapters, and to be an intentional part of the decision-making process for each step of the way in your life. And so that's what we're doing today. And I'm also gonna share some of the tools that I like to incorporate into my planning process that make it just a little more enjoyable and that also help it to stick better. The first step is to do a mental declutter. Now you can call this a ton of different things. You can call it brain dumping. You can call it taking an account of everything that's happened over the past year. I actually recommend that you do this in a variety of different ways. And essentially you're wanting to get all of the thoughts and emotions and projects and tasks and issues or good or bad things that have happened over the past year. And you want to get it out of your head in one way or another. One way that I've personally done this is by creating creating a worry list or a worry sheet. I'll show you what mine looks like. I like to consider worries like clutter in your mind. They're like tripping hazards, right? You you just leave all of these worries around and they're kind of in the background, these underlying stories and thoughts 
and concerns all day long while you're doing all of the other things that your general life requires you to do. So you're having a conversation with your friend or your family member, you got the worries going on in the background. You know, you're doing the laundry, you got the worries going on. And it's just these tripping hazards in your thought process and in your ability to enjoy anything. Sometimes I get inspired to work through these processes in a more artistic way. I have a big artistic background and it just helps me, I feel like, to address some of my worries and concerns on a deeper level or on a different level, in addition to things like just writing them down or saying things out loud, um, just bringing a bit of artistry to things like this sometimes helps me to be more successful in eradicating them if they're worries or following them if they're plans. And so that is when I really start to feel drawn into bullet journaling is when I feel like I really have some stuff to work through or to bring into fruition. In this case, I just got this urge to make all of these colored splotches and just write my worries down on them. And it's great to get the thoughts out of your head, right? But it's even better if you can take some intentional actions beyond that point. So for me, I didn't wanna just write down everything that I was worried about and then, you know, like bring the worries to the front, that's great, but they're still there. I wanted to also write down why they weren't necessary. In this case, that's what I did. I wrote down all of my worries and I drew lines out from under those and I wrote down why that worry wasn't even valid. Sometimes I had data that directly disproved the thing that I was worried about. So I would like to write that down so that when those worries pop back up again, well, then I can read all of these facts about why I'm having these anxieties that I don't necessarily need to have because of X, Y, and Z. And then also adding in solutions to the things that I was worried about so that I didn't feel like I had to carry around those burdens and those worries anymore. I recommend if you're looking for some prompts that you write down everything that you have been worried about over the past year, what things have been causing you anxiety, what things have you been just stressing out at and losing sleep over, what projects or tasks have you been investing your time into? Maybe look through some of your previous planners that you've used over the past year. What were some of those projects that maybe you started at the beginning of last year or that you've been investing your time into? What tasks have you spent most of your days working on? What relationships have you been really building over the past year or maybe not building as much as you would like to? So just just really take an account of the things that are going on inside of your brain. And what we want to do is create a fresh slate. All right. So in step number one, we gathered a bunch of data. In step number two, we want to analyze that data. So step number two is an audit. It's like an annual audit of the previous year. You're going to be auditing things like finances, time expenditure, projects that you worked on, tasks that you were working on. And again, looking at the things that I told you in the previous step were paying off or were not paying off. Now is where you're going to evaluate were those things that you want to bring into your life and into your plan for 2022 or for the following year, if you happen to be watching this years into the future. Now, we're not doing the planning part right now. If you just want to really evaluate what is worth your time and what did pay off in the previous year. Now, I personally like to do this with graphs, especially when it comes to my business. I have tons of different spreadsheets and graphs that can show me what things paid off, what things were uh, enjoyable for me, what things were a valuable use of my time, what things helped me to grow in the ways that I wanted to grow. You're 
determining the things that gave you the reward that you wanted. And whether that is emotional or financial or uh, relationship-wise, it's all valuable in the end. So you want to be sure that you are allowing for some compare and contrast and for some truth in your evaluation process. A more tangible way that I used this part of the process is by listing out a lot of the content that I've been working on updating and color coding and highlighting which ones needed more updating, which ones were good to go, and which ones needed specific types of updating. So just evaluating some of the things that I've created, color coding them so that I know where I need to invest more time, what I've accomplished, you know, and what needs a little more work. So that's just another way that I've gone back personally and evaluated very specific things and used an artistic method of color coding them to show where I'm at progress wise. That's also going to be really beneficial to me later in the planning process because then I'm going to have this whole color coded list of things that I need to be investing my time and my energy on in the future and making sure that I can plan accordingly. And of course, probably the most important part of step two is the pruning process, making sure that you're not just acknowledging the things that didn't pay off, but that you're actually pruning them from the process going forward. You're not going to be adding them back to your schedule. You know, being okay with letting things go is huge in order to be able to grow in the areas that you really want to nourish and to grow in. I've heard it compared to a tree or a plant before. You cut off the branches that aren't providing fruit so that the rest of the branches can get more nourishment and can grow bigger and stronger. And it actively works in plants. You know, you cut off the dead branches. You don't just leave them there because they will continue to siphon away some of the nutrients and the water. It's the same way when it comes to your time. You have a limited number of minutes in your day and you have a limited amount of energy to devote to things. So it's important that we are pruning the things that are no longer providing for us or that just aren't worth it. Number three is all about visualization. It's to visualize what you want your next year to look like. How do you want to be spending your time? You know, what do you want to be doing? Who do you want to be with? Um, who do you want to become? Like, what changes are you hoping to embody in the following year? And, you know, be realistic and honest about what you truly want to experience. I think a lot of times we just go with whatever we think we should go with. Try to be honest and realistic with the results that you want, how you want to go about getting those results. And it doesn't have to be like an official vision board, although I have used vision boards in the past and I've, I've even saved one from a couple of years ago because I found it so beneficial to really focus in on these specific things that I had selected to work on and to work toward. And most of them came to be because I was so focused on them. So I think vision boards can be a really great way to keep your awareness on the things that you're working toward and keep your focus, but it doesn't have to be. You know, I found that some years I just don't really have a super clear clear vision of what I want for my future year. Some years there just aren't a whole lot of change. You may have a couple of years in a row where not a whole lot is changing and maybe it's just some little minute changes that are taking place and that's totally fine. It doesn't have to be a total overhaul every year. And then there are other years like this year where it's like the vision just kind of created itself and I found myself creating this little mind graph chart type of thing online. Not intentional. I didn't like set out to do it. I just needed 
needed to get these ideas out of my head. And it kind of formed itself into a visualization of what I wanted for 2022. So just depending on where you are in your life, what you have going on, whether you're talking about business and work wise, or, you know, personally, things that you're wanting to experience people you're wanting to be around all of those things, it can be really healthy and cathartic to just sit and visualize what it's going to look like and what it's going to feel like and really putting yourself in that position so that you can plan more effectively. You know, it really helps you to get connected to that why. I always say that the why is like the power that gets you from point A to point B. It's what gets you where you're wanting to go, having a a powerful purpose. And so when you really connect with your vision for what you're wanting to see, it helps to solidify and give you that extra why, that extra energy boost that you need to accomplish the things that you're going to accomplish. Step number four is then to take all of that information and all of that data and create some kind of a plan with it. Now, in most cases, I think this is going to require scheduling. So a calendar, whether that's in your bullet journal or a digital calendar like Google Cal or, you know, a paper calendar, whatever it is that you use, I like to say if it's not scheduled, it isn't real. So if it is something that is time sensitive or that is based on a schedule, which a lot of our projects and plans are based around a schedule, then that's the time to sit down and really lay it out and see how much time each thing is actually going to be allotted and how much time it's likely going to take. A lot of times we can get a little too eager at the beginning of the year when we're looking at the year as a whole. We can overestimate how much we can actually fit into a year. I think it's Tony uh, Robbins who says we tend to greatly overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in a day. So keep that in mind. I find that that is actually true a lot of times. We don't realize how much we can really accomplish in a day, but at the beginning of the year, we get a little bit overzealous and we think that we can accomplish so much. A lot of times my plan will change course and will change focus. You get new information or something changes and you have to recourse yourself. And I think that that's great, that's normal, uh, but it doesn't negate the need for any kind of a plan. Without having things laid out at all, we tend to not do anything. So it can really just give us the kick in the butt that we need to get moving and to make some changes. But it may not be an actual calendar or scheduling type of plan at all. It could be a systems type of plan, as in what do you want to be taking on task-wise for the upcoming year? What do you want other people to be taking on task-wise? What system and order of operations do you want to be taking form, whether it is at work in your professional life or at home in your home life? Creating these systems and plans is another form of planning and it may not necessarily require sitting down and jotting things out on a calendar. It may look like making lists, duties for different people, chores, (laughs) a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. It is important that you go through the process of laying out and making the data and the visualization something tangible. I shared this video here about the 15 systems that I feel have really simplified my life and my home space, whether it is for my business and assigning what types of tasks I want myself and other people who are part of my team to be taking on as a role in 2022. I've done it with my kids, what chores I want them to be checking off 
on a weekly basis or on a daily basis. Everything that we have is tangible because that really adds boundaries and borders to your expectations and to your goals and your vision in general. When you have things written down, when you have them laid out and structured, especially in a visual way and especially in a way that you can communicate with other people, it's like having an extra helping hand with setting boundaries and establishing expectations. And then number five is the step that so many people leave out, but I know better, and that is to get your environment and your space in line with the plan. Get it in line with the plan, get it in line with your vision for your future, get it in line with pruning and letting go of the things that you're not going to be taking into the next year with you, into this next level that don't fit in with the future plan. I think a lot of times we can get stagnant and we can just keep ourselves stuck in a rut running around the same cycle and it's because we haven't cleared out our space to make space for these big plans that we have for our future. Declutter, but then also just to make sure that I have the space to accommodate whatever my plans and my vision are for the future. When you surround yourself with things that support you, that uh, motivate you and keep you inspired and focused and on your goal, and you remove the things that no longer fit with your life that are just, you know, clutter and that help to keep you from focusing on the things that you need to be focusing on, you can really take the ease of achieving the things that you're trying to achieve to the next level. And I found that to be true in my own life, that whenever I make space and curate my space based on my goals and my plan and how I want to spend my time and what I want to see happen, I am so much more successful with sticking to things. I mean, this happens on so many different levels, whether you're talking about the things that are visible that you keep out front and center, which have been proven to help people to exercise more, to eat healthier, you know, like what you see is what you tend to reach for, or something that has to do with your flow, your daily workflow, your daily movement flow, to do the things that you're wanting to do movement-wise more easily. On a more emotional and mental level, getting rid of the things that are keeping you stuck and reminded of old, stagnant, past things and old versions of yourself. The more tethered you are to these old versions of yourself, sometimes the, the more difficult it can be to pull yourself out of that reality and out of that perception. Getting out of bad habits, letting go of toxic relationships, overcoming addictions, all of these things that so many people struggle with, a big part of being able to reach the next level of your life and getting over these huge heartbreaking hurdles is to adjust your environment to support those plans and those visions and those goals. Your environment can make or break your success and it can really drag you down if you're not intentional about the things that you're surrounding yourself with. So of course, that's what I chat about here on the channel all the time. That's why I've dedicated my career to talking about holistic and clutter-free spaces because I think that it's just really valuable to be able to make any changes that you're wanting to make in your life. And I also have a free masterclass where I share my personal holistic clutter-free formula, which you can check out down in the description. I'll leave a link for you to be able to watch that. 